0: the heart of organizing a heart-centered look at getting organized with professional organizer Andy Hartman
1: Welcome back to the heart of organizing thanks for listening I'm Andy Hartman Sorry for the delay in bringing you this podcast I had to take some time out and do my taxes If you're self-employed I'm sure you understand Today I'd like to address five organizing myths. These are inaccurate or unrealistic ideas that people have about organizing. If you've had trouble getting or staying organized, perhaps it's because you're adhering to one of these myths about the organizing process. The first myth is a belief that some people have adopted about the organizing process called OHIO. Ohio sounds like it might be an organizing technique that was created in Cleveland or Toledo. But this is not the case. Instead, it's an acronym. Ohio is an acronym for the phrase, only handle it once. The idea behind Ohio is that every time you touch an item, you immediately put it in its final destination. There are situations where this works well. For example, if you already have a working organizational system in place and you want to incorporate new items into that existing system, I have no doubt that Ohio will work well for you. If your possessions already have locations they belong and you are returning items to their homes in order to maintain an existing system, Ohio is fabulous. It's great for maintenance. However, if you are starting from being completely disorganized, I would not recommend trying to only handle every item once. If you are starting from chaos, you will not be able to create the final destination for each object immediately. Even if you imagine a place that might be a good final destination, it's likely that that location is already filled with stuff, and you would have to move that stuff before you could put the original object in that location. But then, what are you going to do with the stuff you removed from that location? If your environment is already filled with stuff, you can get into a circular gridlock. It will not be possible to put everything in its final destination immediately. Some intermediate steps are necessary. It will be much more efficient to use temporary sorting containers and then find a home for that stuff after it has been sorted into categories and you have room to move into. Also, there will be lots of items that will need to go to other locations, other rooms in the house for example. If you try to only handle something once, then you would need to immediately take that item to the other room and come back. Doing this a lot will be very inefficient because you will spend a lot of time traveling. I recommend instead having a container labeled Other Rooms or Take to Garage. Whenever that container gets full, you can make one trip to that location and distribute all the items at one time. Even though you're handling each item more than once, it's still a lot more efficient. Even though Ohio doesn't work in many situations, there are still good intentions behind the idea. I believe the intention behind Ohio is to avoid what I call thrashing. Thrashing is picking something up, looking at it, and then putting it back down again. If you do this, you have expended time and energy, but you haven't made any progress. Thrashing is wasteful and ineffective. If you can put everything in its final destination, you will avoid thrashing, and I believe this is the intention behind Ohio. But there's a way to get the benefits of Ohio without the drawbacks. Even though you may handle items more than once, you still want to avoid thrashing. You can do so by making sure you don't pick something up, look at it, and just put it back down. Make sure you put it with its category, or in a temporary container that's labeled for a particular destination. That way it's moving closer to its final destination, even when its final destination cannot yet be known. If every action you take moves you closer to your destination, you will always continue to make progress. The second myth I would like to address is that gadgets and products are the answer to an organizational challenge. Many times when people decide to get organized, the first thing they do is go out and buy drawer dividers, shoe racks, plastic storage bins, shelving units, over-the-door hooks, and desk organizers. I strongly recommend against doing this, especially as the first step, for three reasons. First, the majority of people are disorganized primarily because they have too much stuff. If you are one of those people, then to go out and buy more stuff is actually moving in the wrong direction. It's taking you further from where you want to go. Second, you may already have these items. As I was organizing Natasha in San Francisco, I found, in various locations all over the house, the equivalent of an entire closet full of drawer dividers and plastic baskets, most of them unused. She would go out and buy these items, but they would get mixed in with lots of other stuff and she would forget about them. Then later she would go out and buy more until she had accumulated more than she could ever use. I've found that if you have a lot of stuff, practically everything you need will show up as you're going through it. So as you get organized, you may find that you don't really need to buy anything after all. Third, until you do sorting and simplifying, there's no way you could know which products will work. If you buy products at the beginning of the organizing process, it's likely that you won't spend your money very effectively. If you've listened to my podcast before, you know that I recommend following the three S's of organizing, simplify, sort, and store. You cannot know which products will be most effective until after sorting and simplifying, until the third step, store. There are times when products can be useful and effective. However, there's no way you can know which products will be most effective until late in the organizing process. So please, 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 please do not go out and purchase a bunch of organizing gadgets and products as step one of your organizing process. The third myth I would like to address is that organizing is synonymous with decluttering. Although decluttering can be an important part of the organizing process, decluttering and organizing are not the same thing. They are different processes with different goals. I have met people whose environment was very cluttered, however they were still (laughs) organized, meaning they were able to find and access everything they needed to do what they wanted to do. I've also met people who were uncluttered but disorganized. Their surfaces were all clean and their environment had a Zen simplicity that was beautiful to look at. However, they couldn't find anything, and beneath the surface, inside their drawers, random objects were thrown together with no rhyme nor reason. Decluttering is either getting rid of unnecessary objects, what I call simplifying, or clearing surfaces and tidying up. Either of these may be a part of organizing, but organizing is much more than decluttering. Organizing is the process by which, through introspection, you become really clear about what is important and what you most want to accomplish at this stage in your life. Then, you arrange your possessions to make it easy to accomplish those things. You want to be able to spend time on what really matters and not be distracted by stuff that doesn't really matter. You want to be able to find and access items when you need them. So organizing is a larger process than decluttering, and an important part of that process is internal. See earlier podcasts for more information about that. The fourth myth is that once you get organized, you're done. In reality, after you are organized, if you continue with the same behavior you had when you were disorganized, you are likely to recreate that same disorganization. Staying organized requires a change in habits, a change from the habits that created the disorganization in the first place. I will talk more about this in the next podcast, but for now, just know that after you become organized, you're not finished. You must still maintain that organization. The fifth myth is that the ability to organize is genetic, that you were born with it, and either you have it or you don't. I know from personal experience that this is not the case because I was not born with it. When I was in college, living in a college dorm room, every morning I would wake up and move all the stuff from my desk to my bed so I could study. Then every night, I would move all the stuff from my bed to my desk so I could sleep. Meanwhile, my roommate would watch me and laugh. He was very neat and organized. He had bad eyesight. And so he had to have each of his belongings in place because otherwise he couldn't find them. He had become organized out of necessity. So organization is a skill that is learned and can be developed. Organizational ability relates more to habits, choices, and lifestyle than genetics. In addition to these five myths about the organizing process, I'd also like to address two myths that people have about professional organizers. This comes from a really personal place, because sometimes people make assumptions about me because of my profession, and I would like to respond to the ones that are incorrect. I've heard people say, I want to see your home. It must be immaculate. Well, I can assure you that this is not the case. In fact, right now, there's a stack of papers and other clutter on my desk. If I have an important project like taxes, I tend to be very focused on that project and neglect maintaining my organizational system. This is a deliberate choice because at that time, the taxes are more important than staying organized in other parts of my life. So I am situationally disorganized and it really works for me to be that way. I'm not anal, and I don't expect myself to be perfect. So no, my home is not immaculate. The second idea that people project onto me as a professional organizer is, you'll make me get rid of stuff I want to keep. Well, no, I would never try to coerce someone into doing something they don't want to do. Not only is that not the person I want to be, but it's also not effective. Forced interventions do not work. I may invite you to question whether a possession is supporting you, how it's contributing to your life. I may invite you to look at your relationship with that object and the beliefs you have about it and about yourself. I may challenge you to make a different choice than you have in the past, but I will never force you to get rid of something you just want to keep. I will also never shame, criticize, or judge you for the choices you make. I just try to bring as much consciousness and awareness to that decision-making process as I can. Well, thank you for listening and giving me a chance to correct some misconceptions I've heard about me, about professional organizers, and about the organizing process. The next podcast will be called Taking the Risk. It will be about choices, habits, change, maintenance, and risk. I hope you'll choose to come back and join us. Until then, may you enjoy the springtime and the blossoming of life at this beautiful time of year. I'm Andy Hartman, and this is The Heart of Organizing.
0: If you have a comment or question, or would like to suggest a topic for discussion on the podcast, email us at podcast at clutterfreeservices.com. Andy is available for workshops and presentations about organizing. For more information, send an email to info at clutterfreeservices.com. Names of clients may have been changed to protect client confidentiality. The music composed and performed by Taper Shadburn. For more information about Taper's work and music, go to churchofsoul.org. Thank you for joining us for The Heart of Organizing. Until next time, may your possessions support you in living a life of meaning and value.
2: Now some of y'all out there listening to Andy's podcast are suffering just like I am. You know what I'm talking about. You got too much stuff. My space remains a constant, but my belongings, they have grown It's getting quite pathetic, I can't invite nobody home Gotta move my piles around to try to find the phone I got too much stuff the way that I accumulate is bordering on sin. I got 27 staplers, well, okay, maybe only 10. But I can't find any of them, so I'm gonna have to buy one again. I got too much stuff. I got too much stuff. I have got more than enough. I got no more space. I need a bigger place. Well, maybe, baby, I got. Much stuff. I got 14 set of headphones I can put on my ears and an obscene amount of albums more than I could ever hear I got material possessions I ain't seen in years I got too much stuff my baby tried to take some of my precious stuff away I said, woman, don't you touch that I might need that stuff someday But between you and me I I think it's fair to say I got too much stuff I got too much stuff I have got more than enough Got no more space I need a bigger place Too much stuff I got more than enough I got no more space I need a bigger place Or maybe I got too much stuff I got too much stuff Way too much stuff I think I need an intervention You know, like a Stuff Addicts 12 Step Program or something Pack Rats Anonymous Andy, you gotta help me. I got, I got way, way, way too much stuff.